today we're going to talk about prayer. Um, got so many questions about prayer, how to pray, what to pray. I don't know how to pray. I think prayer is important. Have no idea how to do it. So let me try to help you with this today. James chapter 5, verse 16, the effective, the focus, the effective prayer, the effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. The effective focused prayer, the fervent prayer, the passionate prayer of a righteous man avails much. In other words, it does a lot of good. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Uh, this isn't part of my message, but I can tell every one of you how to be in the will of God starting right now. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, not give thanks for all circumstances, give thanks in all circumstances. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus. What's the will of God? Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and giving thanks. Uh, because your attitude is way more important as it pertains to the will of God than your location and your circumstance. And so, anyway, but I want to I talk about prayer today. I want to talk about say your prayers. Say your prayers. Say your prayers. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your presence. Lord, I believe no one is here by accident today. I pray that you would speak to all of us very clearly and specifically in Jesus' name. And everyone said a good amen. Amen. Thank you, brother. Amen. Uh, last May, uh, I started golfing, May 2020. Golf was the first thing to open up, if you remember. Uh, we had been locked down through March and April, and uh, golf courses began to open up. And I needed, I needed to get out of the house. I needed to see humanity. I needed to do something. And so I started golfing. And I was actually really, I can still remember that first time golfing. It was Mark Pepe and Weston Hill, two guys in our church. And I hadn't seen them in a long time. And it was just, you know, everyone was freaked out, May 2020. So I was like, hey, bro. <laughs> you know, like it was just awkward. And uh, we all had to have your own cart and, you know, the whole thing. And, and, but I fell in love with golf. And I, I really liked it. I knew it was good for me. I was having, I was having fun because I liked being outside. I liked being in the fresh air. I liked all that. Uh, but I was, I mean, I was beyond terrible. Uh, if I hit the ball, it never went straight. If I hit the ball. Uh, I hit the ground more than I hit the ball. I hit the air more than I hit the ball. And I was just, I mean, balls are going right, left. They're going all backwards. More went, I think, backwards and went forwards. But, but I liked the idea of it. I liked being outside. I liked being with friends. I liked, so I wanted, I wanted to work on it. So I went and got lessons. And so I went into an instructor and I said, I don't know how to play golf, but I want to play golf. So he said, all right, well, just grab your driver, give it a swing. And I, and I swung and he said, all right, there's, there's three things that happen whenever you swing. PGA, posture, grip, and approach. And he goes, so here's where you're at. All three are wrong. I mean, you're just wrong. They're just all bad. Your posture's wrong, your grip is wrong, your approach is wrong, everything. He goes, where did you even learn that? Like, where did you? I go, I don't know, I was just watching other people, and you know, you pick up something from this guy, and this guy, and this guy, is, yes, I'm trash. And so, so he goes, okay, so we're going to work. So we started working on it, and as, as I began to learn about my posture and about my grip and about my approach. And as the ball at least started going forward on some trajectory, I started getting encouraged. 
and I started liking it. It was something that I knew was good for me, but now I started to enjoy it because I felt like I had some understanding around it. I think that's where a lot of people are with prayer. Like, you know you should pray. You have heard it's important. You, you know it's probably good for you. Like, you're open to it. You like when I pray. You know, you come to church, you're like, that's cool. That made me feel better. But then you go try to do it on Monday, and you're like, ah, I got nothing, nothing. I got nothing. So, so I want to help you because there is a strategy that is needed. And this might even take two weeks for me to kind of to get through because I believe that you can get to the place where you enjoy prayer, where you like to pray, where you look forward to praying. And, and here's the really cool thing, when you start getting results in prayer, like things actually start happening. So, so what is prayer? Prayer is simply interacting with God through spontaneous, individual, and unorganized form of petitioning and thanking. In these instances, the act of praying is a method of changing a situation for the better. Prayer is a two-way conversation between God and his people. Every great thing God will do in your life and every great thing God will do through your life will be connected to your prayer life. Everything. Everything. So the Bible just told us pray without ceasing. How do I pray without ceasing? People, people hear that scripture and they're like, I'm already out. I'm already disqualified. Because we have this awkward, you know, like we just like say Jesus all day. Jesus, 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 thank you, Jesus, 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 thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. That's not praying without ceasing. That's mumbling. Here's how to pray without ceasing. If you think about it, pray about it. If you're worried about it, pray about it. If it fills your mind, let it come out of your mouth. If you're, if you're concerned about it, talk to God about it. So don't just drop your kids off for school and leave worried, freaking out. Man, I hope my kid doesn't get bullied today. Man, I hope my kid doesn't be a bully today. I hope, I hope they don't get sick today. Man, I hope their teacher's okay today. Man, don't do that. Pray. Because it's already filling your mind. Just pray. You're driving home. And you go, Lord, I thank you today that the hand of God is upon my child, that they're gonna influence my school, that school for good and for God. Lord, I thank you, and I pray for favor with their teacher. I pray for patience with that teacher, with my child, because I know my child, and they are gonna need a good, patient teacher. Bless that teacher, Lord. Give them a raise, Jesus. Lord, help my kid. They gotta wear a mask for eight hours today. Help them. Just let them be patient about it. And pray about it. If you're worried about it, pray about it. Don't just be frustrated with your spouse. God, they're crazy. Oh, I'm so frustrated. Go pray about it. Lord, I pray for my husband. He's an idiot, Jesus. He needs a miracle. No, you can say that if you... I'd rather you say that to God than to your friend. Than to your bitter friend who's like, girl, he is an idiot. At least God's going to say, well, you're not so awesome. Like, maybe you need a breakthrough too. If you're freaked out about COVID, God, I don't want to, you're thinking all day, I don't want to get going. Pray. Lord, I pray that you protect me today. Lord, I pray you strengthen me today. Lord, I pray for health in my body today. I pray for healing today to flow into my body and into my family. Lord, we pray for your protection upon our home. Pray about it. If you're thinking about it, pray about it. If you're worried about it, pray about it. And you'll start praying without ceasing. And here's the cool thing. Worry is usually what leads a person to prayer. 
But as you pray, you'll worry less. As you pray, you'll fear less. As you pray, you'll sin less. Sin is a prayer killer, but prayer is a sin killer. And here's what'll happen. You won't just pray because you're freaked out. You'll just start to enjoy it. You won't just pray when you're tempted, even though that's a good time to pray. You'll start praying so much, you won't be tempted as much. Ian Bounds said it like this, prayer makes a godly man and puts within him the mind of Christ, the mind of humility, of self-surrender, of service, of pity, and of prayer. If we really pray, we will become more like God. Say your prayers. Say your prayers. So, so here's, the, here's the first point today. Say something. Like you just got, you got to say something. Martin Luther said it like this, to be a Christian without prayer is no more possible than to be alive without breathing. Say something. Why is it important that you speak? Because God is a speaking God. He creates with his words, speaks to his people, and establishes truth with words. Even the word of God was first spoken by God and then written down by men. God, God is a talker. God wants to talk and he is looking for a people to talk to and we must talk back. Think about this. Jesus never healed anyone, saved anyone, raised anyone, or delivered anyone without using words. Every time a miracle happened in the ministry of Jesus, there was a spoken word connected to it. I submitted this, by the way, to a, a doctorate of theology on Friday. I said, I said, let me tell you what I wrote down. I think it's amazing, but correct me if it's not amazing, but I think it's fire. <laughs> so I told him that. And he goes, let me think. And I went, oh, no, he didn't just say yes right away. It's going to be bad. And he goes, well, I'm thinking about the one with the issue of blood. She touched Jesus. He didn't say anything. He goes, but. And I went, okay, give me a good but here. He said, but she heard about Jesus, which means she was listening to Jesus, and that's what released her faith. So he said, even that, and then once she did touch the hem of his garment, he spoke to her. So he goes, you're right. Every miracle that Jesus did was accompanied by words. Now, here's what's amazing. He didn't lay hands on everybody. He didn't touch everybody, but he always spoke. This is important because our God is a speaking God and his people must be a speaking people. Your confession has power. Your words have power. Your words declare your need and your desires and not just your feelings. Because a lot of times you can just be all up in your feelings, all up in your head, but then you begin to say what needs to be said, not just what you feel, and your words actually have more power than your feelings. So my confession has power. My words have power. So what do I say? Even if all you can say is the name of Jesus, say that. If all you can tell God is, I don't know what to say, say that. If all you can say is, God, help, say that. God, I'm discouraged, say that. God, I'm worried, say that. Talk to God. Say something. And no matter what I'm feeling, I speak beyond my feelings and my emotions. Max Lucado said it like this. Our prayers, they may be awkward. Our attempts may be feeble. But since the power of prayer is in the one who hears it, 
and not in the one who says it, our prayers do make a difference. Your prayer is only powerful because of who's listening to it. So even if you go, man, I don't feel like I'm good at praying. That's okay. You're praying to a good God. Man, I don't feel like I'm powerful in prayer. That's okay. You're praying to a powerful God. I don't pray. I don't feel like I'm like I'm really good and very eloquent. That's okay. God knows what you're saying. Jeremiah 33, 3, call to me, I will answer you, and I will show you great and mighty things. Watch this. Your prayers are not great and mighty. His answers are great and mighty. That you don't know. So you know what your prayer, this is the context of that prayer. God, I don't know. I don't know what to do. I don't know where we should go. I don't know what deal to sign. I don't know if we should buy. I don't know if we should sell. I don't know if we should rent. I don't know if we should continue this relationship. I don't know what we should do with our kids. I don't know. God goes, if you'll just call, I will do great and mighty things. I will reveal truth. I will speak to you. So I think a lot of times people have this feeling of like, I have to have it figured out before I go to God. Oh, Lord, no. You need to do the exact opposite. There's actually no power in that. A lot of you go to God with your own agenda. You've already got it figured out, and you're just hoping God will bless it. No, no, no. I go to God weak and pitiful and awkward and, Lord, I don't know. And then he starts speaking. The power is not my prayer. The power is the one I pray to. And the power is in his answers. But Jabin, God knows my heart. Why do I got to talk? He does know your heart. But number one, he told you to talk. So that kind of settles it. But number two, yes, God knows your heart. But that's not prayer. Prayer is birthed in the heart, but it must leave your mouth. Because when you pray, you hear it. When you pray, God hears it. When you pray, your surroundings hear it. And when you pray, the enemy hears it. And it pushes back darkness. And it pushes back fear. And it pushes back anxiety. And it pushes back the attack of the enemy. There is power when you pray. John Wesley said it like this. Without God, man cannot. And without man, God will not. God is looking for partners in the miraculous, and it includes you. Number one, say something. Number two, say thank you. (laughs) Say thank you. Look what Jesus, look how he begins his prayer. John chapter 11, verse 41. Javen, how do I start praying? Like this. Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you. Now, you fill in the blank from there, but you start with gratitude. Father, I thank you that you hear my prayer right now. Father, I thank you that your word says. Father, I thank you that you're faithful. Father, I thank you that you love me. Father, I thank you that your hand is... Father, I thank you. Start there. Not, oh, God! (laughs) Start with gratitude. Start with gratitude. Father, I thank you. This is the will of God to be thankful in all situations. Father, I thank you. This, this, I, I refuse to allow anything going on around me to steal my gratitude. Father, I thank you. Look at Psalm 100, verse 1. Shout with joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him singing 
and with joy. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. God's presence has a protocol, as does all royalty. If you were to meet the Queen of England, they're going to have a conversation with you before. They're going to tell you where to put your hands. They're going to tell you when to reach out. They're going to tell you if you're allowed to touch. They're going to tell you what to say, what not to say. There's going to be protocol because every time you go before protocol there, excuse me, every time you go before royalty, there is a protocol. And I don't know if you know this, but Jesus is king. And we enter into his kingly courts. We enter into his kingly gates with thanksgiving, with praise. You don't have to be so formal. You don't have to be timid. You don't have to be shy. You don't have to be scared. You don't have to feel condemned. You don't have to feel like you're so holy and so worthy. But you do have to come in with a certain attitude. And that attitude is gratitude. And God says, when you come before me, come before me with singing. That's why. By the way, that's why we want you to come to church on time. Honestly, that's why we want you to come to church on time. Not because we want you to hear our little karaoke team up here. <laughs> Not because the worship team is insecure. Because it's important to get in his presence and to worship and to open up your heart and to clap and to lift your hands and to sing. And it's, it's an important part so that when the word goes out, you are positioned. So, so now look at this. He says, when you come before me, I want shouting, thanksgiving, gladness, singing, and praise. Shouting and singing, that's the choice to engage. You don't have to feel like singing to sing. You don't have to feel like shouting to shout. You don't have to feel like lifting your hands to lift your hands. You choose to engage. Gladness, thanksgiving, and joy, that's the attitude of receiving. Joy is not a feeling. Joy is not an emotion. Joy is a choice. I choose to have joy. I choose to give thanks. I choose gladness. And I'm now in an attitude to receive and then praise, specifically thanking God for all he's done, all he's doing, and all he's going to do. You start letting praise arise. Jay, some of you are thinking, how could I pray for 10 minutes? How could I pray for 20 minutes? How could I pray for 30 minutes? I don't have that much to talk about. Start thanking him. Praise and worship is the tone of our prayers. Praise and worship is the attitude of our prayers. So when you have nothing else to say, you thank God. And by the way, God lets us cheat. He gives us worship music. He gives us music. It's not like you have to do this alone. You don't have to be in your car, no music on. Well, praise the Lord, hallelujah, glory to God. I don't know how to sing, but here is. No. You cheat. If you like Southern gospel, you put on Southern gospel. Whatever you like. Like a little Gaither trio, put on a little Gaither trio. If you like, if you like uh, gospel music, listen to gospel music. Little Fred Hammond, maybe some Israel Houghton, maybe a little Ty Tribbett. I don't know what you like. Little Jacqueline Carr, I don't know what you CCBB Winans, I don't know what you're into. Get you a little gospel. If you like the little white CCM music that we do on Sundays, do some of that. Little Raise the Hallelujah, little Champion, whatever you like. And you, you, you set the soundtrack of your prayer life. 
So, so thanksgiving is the tone of my prayer. Here, here's number three. Say the word. Say the word. So if thanksgiving is the tone of my prayer life, the word is the language of my prayer life. The word is the language of my prayer life. I don't just pray. I don't just say, I say the word. So, so here's how you pray. You read the word first. You take time, 10 minutes a day, an hour a day, 30 minutes a day. I don't know where you're at. And you start in the word. And you begin to fill your mind. You begin to wash your soul. You begin to meditate on the word of God. And out of filling your heart with the word comes your prayers. Well, I don't know what to, I don't know what to read. There's an app on your phone called YouVersion. Everybody say YouVersion. One more time, say YouVersion. Okay, go, download it right now. De- just go right now. Delete TikTok. Delete whatever you got to delete. <laughs> You're like, I can't have YouVersion. I got Instagram. Delete Instagram, whatever you got to do. Get YouVersion. And you can get a Bible reading plan. You'll read two to four chapters a day. If you don't like to read, just press play and you can listen to the word. Get in the word. Read a proverb a day. There's 31 proverbs. Today I read Proverbs chapter five. Brilliant, huh? This is why I'm a theologian, guys. This is why, that's why you pay me the big bucks because I read a proverb a day. Read a proverb a day. Read through the Psalms. The Psalms are awesome. The Psalms are relatable. The Psalms are powerful. The Psalms talk about the emotion of man and the power and faithfulness of God. Read through the Psalms. Read the book of John. Learn about the ministry of Jesus on the earth. Read through the epistle. But, but read the word. Get in the word. And then once the word is in you, because whatever comes in will come out. Come on, somebody. I said, whatever comes in will come out. So you start with the word. Then you pray, John 15, 7. Look at this. You abide in me. If you abide in me or if you remain in me and my words remain in you. Jabin, how do I remain in God? How do I abide in God? By letting his words remain in you. Then there's order here. There's a divine order. I, if I'll remain in him, if I'll let his words remain in me, then I'll ask. Whatever you wish. But you know what? You're only going to pray the will of God because now the will of God is so in you. This is the exact opposite. Leave that up for a second. This is the exact opposite of the book of James when James says you're praying and not getting answers. Why? You're praying amiss. You're praying from your own lust. Why were they praying from their own lust? Because they weren't in the word. But if you'll remain in the word... And if you'll let the word remain in you and you'll fill your life and your mind and your soul with the word of God, then when you pray, you'll just start saying the word. And then what you wish is actually what he wishes. Your will becomes his will because your will gets surrendered to the will of God. And now when you start praying, you're not just praying, oh God, help. You start to declare the word of God. So you abide in God, God's word abides in you, and then you begin to ask. But you're now asking from a place of faith, and you're asking from a place of the established will of God, which is the word of God, and now you're going to get answers. Give me a good amen right there. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. Let's practice. Let me have the uh, piano come up. Y'all ready to practice a little bit? I just need someone to come up right now and pray. No, just kidding. Okay. (laughs) Imagine. I'm like, you, sir. 
<laughs> let's practice. Let, let's, let's take fear. How many of you would say, no judgment, no, and I'm going to raise my hand because I do too. You deal with some form of anxiety. You struggle with fear at times. You struggle with worry. Can I see your hand? That's like 99% of us. Okay. Okay, cool. Here's what you do with that. You don't just live with it. You fight it. Now, let me show you how. You don't just say, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can. I'm awesome, I'm awesome. <laughs> you go to the word, Psalm 23, 4, even though I walk through the darkest valley. Y'all, we're in a dark valley. It's a crazy time. I will fear no evil. Why? Not because you're tough, but because... God, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. What does that mean? God, even in this dark valley, you're going to provide for me. You're going to let me eat. You're going to let me prosper. You're going to let me find sustenance. You anoint my head with oil. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. And my cup is going to overflow. This is a season of lack, of fear, of sickness, of worry, of confusion. But let me tell you something. My cup's going to overflow. My finances are going to overflow. My health is going to overflow. I will fear no evil. Okay. Now, that is a prayer. So if you don't know what else to pray, just open up Psalms and just start saying it. Because you're already praying. And you're already doing better than you were doing before. But now you, let's go back to verse 3 real quick. I will fear no evil. God, help me. Now, here's even better. Here's even better. Let me. Let me practice what I, what I preached. Father, I thank you that I don't have to fear evil. Father, I thank you that you are with me. Father, I thank you that your rod and your staff, this is a shepherd's rod. It's comforting me. Why is it comforting me? Because if a wolf comes, you're going to knock its brain in. You're going to kick its but amen. Praise the Lord. And I'm comforted by that. God, I'm comforted that you care about me. Father, I thank you. That's how you do it. Show you another one. Second Timothy 1.7. God has not given us a spirit of fear. That means that we know that fear is a spirit. We know it's not from God. What has he given us? Power, love, and a sound mind. Father, I thank you that this fear is not from you. These sleepless nights are not from you. This ulcer is not from you. This panic attack is not from you. I reject it. I resist it. This is from the devil. This is a spirit of fear. And spirit of fear, I speak to you in the name of Jesus. And I resist you. Father, I thank you right now for the spirit of power. The spirit of love. The spirit of a sound mind. Some of you are going, Jabin, I'm going to try this tomorrow. And I'm going to screw it all up. I'm already freaking out. You're talking about fear. I'm already worried. Okay. Get our podcast in the morning. It's free. Get our YouTube. It's free. Listen to this again. And start, start developing that faith muscle. Start saying it. Let's talk about healing. People need healing. I have friends right now in the hospital fighting different diseases. They need healing. You have friends and family right now. You need healing. There's people in the room right now, maybe dealing with cancer, maybe dealing with heart issues, blood issues, different. You need healing. So I don't just go, oh, God, 
If you're real, help. There's no faith in that. We go to the word. Isaiah 53, 5, he was wounded for our transgressions. That's Jesus on the cross, wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Time out, time out, because some of you go, yeah, spiritually we're healed. No, because in the book of Matthew, when Jesus started healing the sick, Matthew said, this is in fulfillment of Isaiah's prophecy. That means that when Jesus was stripped, was, was beaten on the cross, it was to purchase, to provide for us physical healing. So now what do I do? I go to God and I say, Father, I thank you that because of the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. I receive healing now. I pray, oh God, Father, heal me. Say, I pray the word. Acts chapter 10, verse 38, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. He went around doing good, healing all who are oppressed by the devil because God was with them. Jesus, you went around doing good, healing all. I'm all. I'm part of the all. Heal me. Let's, let's, let's go right now. If you're in this room and you have some kind of incurable thing where it's, it's not just Tylenol, it's not just you... You need a miracle in your body or you have a friend or a family member who needs a a physical miracle. I want you to stand right now. We're going to pray. Go ahead right now. You need a miracle. You have a friend or family member who needs a miracle. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus that Jesus went around doing good, healing all. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that you would heal all in this room, heal all online, heal all of our friends and family members who are fighting sickness and disease right now in the name of Jesus. I break the power of the devil that is oppressing them, that is causing sickness and disease and death and fear and worry. In the name of Jesus, I push back darkness right now. I push back the thief that has only come to steal, kill, and destroy. And right now, I invite you, Jesus, to release life and life abundantly into every body, into every soul, into every person. In Jesus' name, be healed now. Amen. And amen. Now, thank God for it right now. Praise God. You can be seated. Hallelujah. Now, you don't just do that once a day. Every day, you get in the Word, and you declare the Word. All right, provision. I'm almost done. Provision. And my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Father, I thank you that you will provide all of my needs. So you don't just go, God, I'm broke. (laughs) Help. (laughs) You go back to the word with the word. 2 Corinthians 9 verse 8. And God is able to bless you abundantly. I'm reading out the New King James. Sorry about this. At all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Think about this. All times, all that you need. You know what that means? It means you're not just good at the first of the month. (laughs) You're good at the end of the month. It means you got more money than month. Come on, somebody. A lot of you got more month than money. Provision. I'm going to have all that I need. I didn't say you're going to drive a Bentley, but if you have one, 
Let me use it for our next date night. Praise God. I didn't say you're going to drive a Rolls Royce, but if you got one, hook it up. I didn't say you're going to have a private plane, but if you got one, I'm tired of Southwest. I'm just telling you, I'm tired of it. But I'm saying you're going to have all you need. You're going to have all you need. You're going to have enough to send the kids, your kids to the school you want them to go to, not just the one that's assigned to them. You get to decide. That's provision. You get to choose your own doctor. That's provision. I'm telling you the truth. Some of y'all offended right now. I'm telling you that it's provision. We have the doctor we want. That's provision. I'm not a millionaire. But I have things that I have faith for, and I go to God with it, and I say, God, I want to choose my doctor. I don't want some doctor that I don't like, and he doesn't like me. I'd like a doctor I trust. Provision. It's going to require provision. And I love all doctors. If you're a doctor, I love you. <laughs> Amen. You all know what I'm saying, right? I hope you hear my heart. I want to send, I want to send gold to the school I want her to go to. Or I want to have the, the means to homeschool her. I want a provision. So I'm not, I'm not saying you're going to be a millionaire necessarily. But what I am saying is we can believe that we're going to have all that we need all the time to abound in every good work. Now, all right. Thank you for that golf clap. You tried. Stop. You tried. David's talking about money again. Here we go. Hey, that's your scripture. Pray it. Father, I thank you that I'll have all that I need all the time. I thank you that I'll have everything I need to abound in every good work. That means that if there's a good work that is needed to be done, I'm going to be able to give towards it. Lord, I thank you that I'm going to be a conduit of blessing. I'm going to be able to help friends and family. I'm going to be able to be a blessing in my local church. I'm going to be able to to get behind things that I'm passionate about because, God, you're going to provide abundantly. Yo. But I don't just go, God, make me rich. No, I go to the word and I let the word define his will and I let the word define what I can believe for. Here's another one, salvation. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. It is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. As the scriptures say, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord over all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And can I tell you right now, there are people in this room, you came here to sell celebrate your friend's baptism, but it's time for you to pray. It's time for you to call upon his name. Others of you used to walk with Jesus. You loved God. You were serving God. You were walking with God. And I don't know what happened, but maybe over the last few years, maybe over the last few months, you've gotten distracted. You've, you've, you've lost that walk with God. You need to come back to God. Listen, everyone who calls on his name will be saved. If you're in this room today and you say, I need to be saved. I need to give my life to Christ. I need to begin a new walk with God. I need a new beginning. This is your moment. So just like I led you in all those other prayers, we're going to have a prayer right now. You're going to pray. God's going to answer your prayer. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes, everyone in the room. If you're here today and you would say, Jabin, I I need to give my life to Christ. Or I need to rededicate my life to Christ. Pray this prayer with me right now. But not only you, everyone in the room is going to pray it. 
but it's going to mean so much for you to pray it. Online, even in the lobby and overflow right now, God's dealing with your heart. Pray this prayer. Out loud, everyone out loud together. We're all going to pray together. It's not just going to be you. Everyone say, Jesus, I believe in you. And I call on your name. I believe in my heart that you died for my sins. I believe you rose from the dead. So I give you my life. I declare Jesus is Lord of my life. No one's looking, no one's moving, but right where you're sitting, if that's you, you go, I'm I'm giving my life to Christ today or I'm rededicating my life. I'm gonna count to three and on the count of three, I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand in the room, in the lobby, and even online, I want you to type in the chat that you're responding. But if you're here right now and I can see you, you say, Jabin, that's me. I'm giving my life to Christ today. I'm rededicating my life. You know God's dealing with you, and you know this is your moment. Say yes to him now. Let me see. One, two, and three. Let me see your hand. Hands all over. Too many to count, but all over the room, all over the room, all over the room. I see you back here, all over the room, all in the back. Beautiful. I see you back here. Church, let's celebrate all these people. You can put your hands down. Thank you so much.